If you'd like to get involved with Shoreditch Radio, or if you run any local projects or events, please contact us at info at shoreditchradio.co.uk. Esky boy. Dano. Outta all my people. Hello, we're Beanbot. Hi, this is Dean from Lois and the Love. Uh, this is Roman from Breton. I am um, Adam Pike. I'm Orlando from the Maccabees. I am Colin Peters. I'm Lewis from Chapel Club. Uh, hi, this is Guy from Zulu Winter. Hello, this is Carl Barat. Oh! Hey, this is Rita Ora, and you're listening to Shoreditch Radio. Yes! yes. <laughs> It's Tuesday night, it's nine o'clock, it's late night niche. It's me, Chris Marshall. And me, James Kruber. Listening to Shoreditch Radio. Thanks a lot to, to Richard there for the love mix. We're a man down this week. Jolie and Stevens got randomly assaulted by a French guy, but more on that later. Without further ado, we've got DJ Cozy. Enjoy. to Short Ditch Radio. ShortDitchRadio.co.uk Well, that was DJ Cozy. Co- Coz? Cozy? I, I'm, German? I'm, yes, he's German with Nietzsche-Washen. Sorry for any German listeners Doesn't out wash. There. Is that what that means? It, yeah, it's got a featuring person called Apparat. That's all I know. So if you want to look up, just type in DJ Cozy featuring Apparat. K-O-Z-E. Yeah. Lovely. Joy. Well, yeah, uh, as we said before, you're in the late night niche. Uh, we're a man down. We're often a man down here, actually. Um, but we take it in turns, don't we? Yeah, unusually it's Joe this week. So uh, he's normally the stalwart. He's been here every uh, every episode, I think, so far. Um, but he's finally taken some time off, got beaten up, and now he's too scared to leave his house. It's a sad day. It's a sad day for us all. Uh, we've got a lot well. of features, actually. To, well, we can look at <laughs> it both ways. He may have deserved the beating, and we'll probably find out later whether or not he did. He'll probably say that he did it, but I bet this French guy has a good story to tell. Yeah, I hope this so. This English peak came up to me. <laughs> well, let's uh, tell everyone what we're, um, we've got this week. So We've got a lot of things yeah, to discuss. Yeah, we have. Um, we've got some pretty interesting chats. We're going to talk about discrimination a little bit. Um, this might be... Uh, interesting for other people who have been discriminated against. True. Um, I should at this stage uh, just kind of um, give the proviso that we are both uh, white men uh, of generally British sort of descent. Yeah. Um, so we'll try not to be too offensive, but talk about uh, our own form of yeah personal uh, experiences of um, seeing or noticing discrimination, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. We're going to talk about uh, uh, books. Yep. As we normally do, we're going to talk about um, music. We're going to have James doing an album we'll review. We're doing an album review by a band called Money with Suicide Songs, which I was quite taken by. Yeah, I was quite taken by it. I was very, I enjoyed my listening, so it will be quite a now, happy. Listeners from last week will uh, remember your overwhelmingly uh, positive review um, it kind of, of follows, Iggy Pop's album last week. It kind of follows a similar kind of line, like it's positive, but it deals with different subject matter, and that's why. That's what's making it good. Good. And then we're going to call up uh, the wounded warrior, Rocky. Um, yeah, find out 
A, what the situation is, and B, get him to uh, give us his film review. This week he's going to be looking at a film called The Brand New Testament, which is a, a Belgian film. I don't know whether he was discussing the film at the time that the French guy punched him. Possibly. This could be an elaborate story. It, it, it could be. Why? Um, but he seems to think it was unprovoked. But, um, uh, you know, go on the Facebook, go on um, the Late Night Niche uh, page, have a look on Shoreditch Radio homepage. Just take a look at Joe. Uh, you know, this might be something for our discrimination discussion later, but he's got a punchable face. Yeah, but he also doesn't look like the kind of guy who would get into trouble. So I think it's either he was... I think this is... A, we're going to have to ask him when he'd be coming about because I think if we get into it now, we're going to just okay, be complete. Okay. So, right, we've got film review, album review, book, book review. corner. Life's amazing <laughs> Life's slash amazing. prejudice corner. Yeah. Uh, discussion about some prejudice. Um, and firstly... Pop song of the week, and it's my week this week. So I've chosen uh, Wiz Khalifa, um, who we were talking about earlier, re uh, marijuana, and um, watching him on uh, Be Real's <laughs> YouTube <laughs> the cast. Smokebox. Yeah. Um, so check that out and uh, check out this song, and we'll get back to you and explain why we think this is uh, a valid pop song this week. And the question is Am I odor stabbing? Okay. That's all right. We've done that. Okay, so yeah, that was uh, Wiz Khalifa um, and some other person um, with a song that I can't remember the name of. Did it go, and I'll see you again? No, it's exactly the song that it was, James, yeah. You don't like it? Tri- no, no, it's, it's you know. Like, I on. just think family's all that we got, James. It, that is true. You've never said yeah, a true word. But- um, and, you know, we've been here for a lot and now we're going to be here for the last ride. But then the song is about Paul Walker drag racing and dying, so... Yeah, that's actually, where, that's actually where I heard it, um, was that, <laughs> at the end of Fast and Furious 5. <laughs> but all I found with that song is, like, I know you're going to make me sound like a culture snob here, and right. I probably will, but... Normally. This song was, like, they played it live on WWE. Doesn't that tell you everything did you they? did? Yeah, they did. Like, There's they nothing did. wrong with they that. They got in the middle of the ring. Did they play it for China? No, they didn't fucking play it for China. She died as well. Yeah, oh, I get everyone's dying. Rest in peace, my prince. Yeah, this is a big thing in the news that I'm sure all the listeners will be very aware of. All the celebrities are dying. Now, there's obviously several theories. One is that there's kind of like a blip. Um, it's and, an anomaly. Yeah, but the other, more depressing, more rational theory, depending on how you look at it, is that basically the idea of celebrities and celebrity culture came about in the 60s and 70s, and those people are getting pretty bloody old now. Yeah, exactly. So I think that... From now until we abolish uh, the idea of celebrity, this is about the level until we're all that we famous. can expect. What, just it, people are just going to keep dying? Just people are going to keep dying yeah. constantly. Famous people are just going to be constantly dying from now until, well, when we all forget about them. Is there going to be a celebrity that you will actually feel bad about? Because like, I feel bad, like they left a great like, kind of impact on the world, but there's none that I actually feel like, fuck me. Like, you see people crying over like Bowie, and like, Prince was pretty big, yeah. but I didn't, like, I didn't like, love his music, because I never really gave him a go. But Dean Andrews? 
Oh yeah, fuck yeah, mate. If he died, no, he will never die. He will like recreated by like some fascist police to be like <laughs> the, the ultimate Ubercock. Yeah. For all the listeners who don't know, uh, Life on Mars, um, there's a character in it. What's even the character's name? Ray. Ray. Right? And he's Raymundo. Yeah, Raymundo. Right, and he is like a thug of a policeman um, in the seventies uh, era that the, the show's set in, um, in the coma dream potentially of uh, this other guy. It's always interesting to find that you know how people will say fuck the police and stuff. Like that? Police policemen are generally quite like nice; they're quite like, civil to you and stuff. Like that. But then, when you they see don't Ray, know, yeah, Ray, is a Ray killed fun, a guy. Right? He yeah. made a, he force fed a guy cocaine in police custody to the point where he had a heart attack and a cell and died. And what did he get for it? A slap, a, a slap face. around the face, literally <laughs> a punch in the face, and that was it. Enough said. That's all I need to. Gene, you What are you doing? Yeah, <laughs> you need to take responsibility for your your. But it was Offices. the 70s, wasn't it? Different time. They I could suppose. beat up. What, kill police could murder people? Well, they, well, they still, still could. Yeah, they still could, but whether or not they'd get away with it, as we nod. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they would. Um, but yeah, no, I chose it because um, it seems like a touching um, song and it's got quite a nice soaring hook hook to it. Yeah, it's got a hook um, and it, that's what draws people in. Wiz Khalifa, for all his failings, isn't a bad rapper either, I don't think. No. So, um, yeah, that was it. Also, regular listeners will um, be well aware that uh, several weeks ago now, James um, agreed. Basically, yeah, like he made uh, an agreement um, that if the song that he picked um, for Pop Song of the Week wasn't in the UK top 20 or 40, top we did 40, 40. Top 40 then, um, at about this time, yeah, uh, then, a while ago now. Yeah, he would allow uh, himself to be stabbed. But. There is a catch. I will be wearing a stab-proof vest for any listeners that do concern themselves with my safekeeping. But there is a second catch. The stab-proof vest has lain dormant (laughs) in a props department of a television production company for... Well, it's from 1997. Yeah. That's that's what it says on the stamp. So who knows how long it's been sat there. We haven't tested it. We're not going to test it. We're just going to Except on James. So look forward to that uh, in the next couple of weeks. We have to do it, yeah. That'll, of course, be up on Facebook for your viewing pleasure. Um... Unless it's evidence in a murder case. How big a knife are we talking, though? Are we talking butchers or like a... I don't know. Maybe we should start a Facebook poll. So go to um, Late Night Niche on Facebook um, and let us know how big a knife you want James to get stabbed with. Um, and where? There should be a good response on this one. Yeah, I think yeah you're be. generally reviled. Reviled. Hated. <laughs> the pantomime villain. <laughs> yeah, if you saw him. <laughs> you definitely would. But more about that later. Um, anyway, we'll have a couple of songs now and then we'll really get into the nitty gritty of uh, discrimination, shall we? We have Emmy the Great with Less Than Free and then we have The Satisfaction with Blanland. Hope you enjoy. Okay, so welcome back to Late Night Niche. We just had Emmy the Great and The Satisfaction playing in your delightful eardrums. Uh, We're on to the regular section of the show, as we all know as Life is Amazing. Life is Amazing! And today we're going to go on to a kind of a bit more serious topic of prejudice and discrimination that us white guys sometimes face. Understand us, preach (laughs) y'all. But firstly, I'm going to start off with a couple of factoids for you to hopefully... 
This Last is more, yeah, this is more along the, the similar lines of the rest of uh, all of the life's amazing yeah. that we've ever done. Um, but it's not as in depth because I did get a threat from the Democratic Republic of China about my uh, rant about their. Really? No, I didn't at all. But I've got one coming up in the pipe dream that I had to kind of amend because I'll give you four words: water crisis, Palestine, Israel. Nice. Yeah, it's going to be sick. But okay, I'll, enough of that. That's for two weeks' time. But I'll give you some facts. Firstly, in Paraguay, dueling is legal as long as both participants of said duel are blood donors. Okay. Interesting. What? That dueling, weird. Like pistol I, yeah, dueling. no, no, I, I get that. But do they, like, if you wanted to duel somebody, if you demanded satisfaction from somebody, yeah. that would be illegal if you were not yet a blood donor? Or if I, if I demanded satisfaction, say, from you before our knife fight in two weeks' time? Um, We'd have to go to Paraguay. Would I? Well, there's that. But also, would I then have to... Imagine we're already in Paraguay. Yeah, okay. Would I then have to become a blood donor then, or would I have had to have been a blood donor before the moment when I... See, I didn't look into that, but I presume as long as you've got a donor card, they don't really... Like, I'd like to hope that they don't really give a shit. So as long as you've got that donor card with you, it, regardless of how long you've had it, then you can duel. Cool beans. Right, next fact. Inbreeding causes three out of every ten Dalmatians to suffer from hearing disabilities. What? <laughs> <laughs> the old ones are the best. But a That's interesting. Yeah, I thought it was quite an interesting one. And Is that the same just for Dalmatians or I know for many? It literally just said Dalmatians. They especially inbred, do you know? I don't know because you look at them and you're like, mm, not really. But then you look at like hound Chewing dogs. Their and stuff. Yeah, it's just like they look inbred, but. I don't know. Dogs, oh, dogs are weird. I don't really know much about dogs' genealogy. I think lots of them are generally quite inbred. Yeah. Like, like that's sort of what a breed is. You yeah. can't really like hone out a good, solid, Because you don't go international to breed. mix dogs, do you? You go stay in like a local kind of breeding area. So they're going to like interbred somewhere. And dogs are going to fuck wherever they want to fuck. Do you know what I mean? Well, if you just let them do it. They'll just do it. They will just do it. Which is kind of the problem. So I think they're very selective, obviously, with who they allow them to breed with but then they're going to be like second cousins and preach whatever so interesting the royal family have done it for years so (laughs) never did them any harm exactly good blue blood Um, and then my final point before we get into nitty gritty is without its lining of mucus your stomach would digest itself I did know this one that's a fucking sick fact yeah the the acid that's in your stomach is like literally battery acid yeah like bones can be dissolved in it yeah it's crazy isn't it yeah like imagine your stomach dissolving with yourself. Imagine if we could make a medicine that you could like put as a poison, which all it would do is like Remove weaken the mucus. the mucus. That'd be a really good way of killing a former super agent. Hmm. <laughs> Come back to that one. Yeah. But yeah, I'll, I'll start with this one then. So my life's amazing this week is that today on the train, on the way from Watford, I witnessed... <laughs> Essentially, a discriminatory attack on a a person of stature. Like, if I went to the police, I definitely feel I could have... I think they'd laugh you out at the station. But but I think this is part of the thing, yeah. So, I'll set the scene. Watford are playing... Who are they playing today? Crystal Palace. Crystal Palace. Big game at Wembley today. So, we're on the train. All the Watty boys are out. And... We literally step into the train and somebody looked and pointed and said incredibly loudly for the entire character here and in James's face, Chris Evans. Right. Now, whoever's like seen uh, James Creeper knows that there 
could be construed some resemblance Love between child. him and Chris Evans. However, is it okay to point this out in a you know such a blatant way in front of all these people in the train, and then everyone in the train laughs about it with James just sat right there, and kids are there laughing at him, pointing and laughing, and I'm a freak. Yeah. That's what it felt like. like. I just felt like if that happened to somebody um, because of, you know, one of their protected characteristics. The colour of their skin or the creed or religion. Yeah, stuff like age, yeah. sexual orientation, all of these things, yeah. Would, that would be a crime, wouldn't yes, it? Yes, 100%. It would be a hate crime. Yeah. So why is it okay then to just do that to somebody who isn't on a like, endangered list? Fucking should be, man. <laughs> gingers are rare. You're the rarest kind. Although, actually, I don't think... I don't know if you are. Is it gingers with green eyes are the rarest or gingers with blue eyes? Mm, I think I'm not too sure. I think it's green. I think I'm green. Ginger and rocks. green are both recessive. So mm. somehow to do that, you're like a freak of nature. You broke DNA. Um, but it raised lots of interesting questions because I myself have even posted a picture of James Creeper on the internet next to a picture of Chris Evans. Um, <laughs> early on in You're Chris just Evans. as bad yeah. as these guys. And this is the thing, you know, I did it kind of out of, uh, you know, friendly joking around, but then it's the same, that exact same thing can be used to basically like vilify and, you know, make James feel, I guess, pretty bad. I've... To be fair, I don't, I didn't feel bad about it because I'm used to it. And is that... A... No, it's not a good thing, but it, like, as it's I can fact. imagine someone, as anyone else who's, gone through a bit of like ribbing and stuff like that you develop quite a thick skin and you realise that uh, like like you really want to say stuff to them but you know you can't mm-hmm. because then you just look like a like a pathetic cunt so you just got to kind of rise above it but then at the same time I kind of want to go to these uneducated masses and be like you know what one day you're going to be my work camp <laughs> and you're going to be smashing rocks for the rest of your life and I'm going to like yeah so, reverse discrimination. Re- remember this day, my friend, Watford fans who got <laughs> on the bushy to Euston train. You will rule the day. But, yeah. <laughs> Mind camp. Yeah. The, I know, to people who have suffered discrimination because of their protected characteristics, and especially long, drawn-out, severe discrimination for, a, you know, a period of time, um, potentially their whole lives, this must sound ridiculous, what yeah. we're saying right now. But I think this is the, it's almost like the moment for me when I kind of, not that I think I'd do it anyway, I kind of look down on it almost, but I kind of got the, that there almost is no difference between what people might refer to or you might have heard people refer to as, for example, ethnic banter rather than being blatantly racist, you know, when you know you're doing it kind of because you like the person it's from a place of love or whatever but you know when it's puts you in that kind of obscure way where you're not thinking of it in terms of um discrimination necessarily but it is but of course it is but like for me personally it wasn't something that struck me straight away like oh this is bullying certainly but not necessarily discrimination but then i thought well hold on a minute if you're discriminating against somebody because of the way they look why is that any different yeah, to discriminating them because of the way they look in a different aspect. There were two things I found wrong in the situation, and we have discussed them. Yeah. The first one was the fact that the gang mentality of it all is that they felt brave. You would never do that by yourself to someone. Yeah. 
but because you're in a large gang, that's a problem, yeah. and that shouldn't be allowed. And, and also, all the other people, don't, oh yeah, fucking hell, mate, gonna have a fucking pot of coffee. Fuck off, you in oh. <laughs> uneducated. <class. laughs> it just annoys me. It's just like it's just like come up with something. If you came up with something witty and interesting to say, then like I'd laugh. But if you're just gonna just use the same thing that I've heard over and over again, and my reply to him was, "Well, good one, mate." It's like I've heard it so many times. It's just like, come on, mate, please just avoid this like awkwardness. Because when you come in, you're like. Fuck's sake, all I'm trying to do is get a seat on a train. Yeah. I'm not looking to do any harm. I wasn't going to insult his mother or do anything like that. But it's just like, you know what, say la vie. But the second one, which I found a really bad thing, is that the second one when they went, oh, Harry, uh, no, what's called, Ron, give Harry his glasses or something like that. I was like, for fuck's sake, you fucking retards. And, and the little, there was a little kid about like, I would say younger than seven, probably yeah. like five or six. He was laughing. And we, so we're, good example these parents are making that's literally bullying yeah. people. Yeah, laugh at this this guy because through no fault of his own, he's got ginger hair for some like I don't know from DNA like mixing and shit like that. Yeah, he's been born with ginger hair. So why would you teach your five or six year old to then laugh about it and then be able to for them to go to the playground and be like they see a ginger kid in their class? Yeah, and it just spreads this kind of mentality. I should point out at this stage that whilst we're like bemoaning these people for having a go at James because he looks a bit ginger and glasses and whatever they followed it up by then went because basically the the train only goes four carriages so um or only four carriages can fit on the platform so everyone's migrating towards these four carriages so they can actually get off at wembley women are walking past oh terry there's one for you mate right sexual discrimination yeah then uh a guy of i don't know some kind of um sort of eastern european descent walks into the carriage Oh, who the fuck's this in? What kind of thing is that? Saying this about this yeah, person. And it's like literally just objectifying people in such a negative way. And in front of the younger generation, and yet everybody else in the train, all the other fans, are just like sucked in by feeling themselves to be part of this normal group Yeah, that nobody said anything. No one said anything. And also it just breeds this kind of as we were discussing yeah and it's it. just like idea this is if you're not normal then you're there for ridicule and then what leads from ridicule to this like I'm not going to say and I know it's going to sound really perfect but the Nazis used to draw pictures and cartoons of Jews and stuff like yeah. that before they sent them off to do you know what I mean it's just like there is an escalation of obviously I'm thinking very far ahead and I'm thinking like this is I, my, <laughs> these my, people are now organised. It's not even a struggle to the stuff point like that, that they have like, national propaganda. I've had it's not. It's just like prejudice. This like it's nowhere like I'm going to say this like bluntly. It's nowhere near as much struggles as other like kind of people go through. So it's, it's just like a point of discrimination. That's no. But yeah, it was just such a striking episode yeah. that I felt like we had to talk about it. And obviously, um, this is something that's going to have affected lots of people in lots of different ways. Um, you know, call this helpline. Well, we don't have a helpline, but if you want to talk about it, not in a you know, if you want to talk about it, but if you feel like you have something to bring to the discussion about it, go on the Facebook um, and let us know. Yeah, even, even if, if you, you want, want to wrong. call us names yeah. for having this discussion, do that. At least we're having this discussion. Yeah, but go on there and uh, put your thoughts on there, and we'll come out with uh, what whatever you know, useful comments or whatever we're on it next week yeah, exactly. um, but for now we'll leave it at that and move on what have we got we got Rostam with Wood sweet and then film review we'll call up Joe we'll get him on the blower now
listening to Short Ditch Radio. ShortDitchRadio.co.uk. Right, okay, so uh, who was that? Rostam. Rostam. Wood. Not W O U L D, but like morning wood. Good. Uh, so yeah, we've got a film review now. It's going to be um, we'll call up Joe and talk about um, what is it? Brand new Testament. This Belgian film. Belgian uh, art house number that he's going to uh, give us a rundown on, um, and obviously discuss his uh, recent shenanigans. So here we go. We'll give him a ring. Are we on air now? Oh shit! Hi mum. Hi mum. Like you listen. She's the only listener. Here he is. He's like, oh, I'm not ready, I'm not ready. Hi there. Hi, listeners. Hi, James. Hi, Del. Del's, uh, Del's eating what's it? He kind of waved <laughs> in your general direction. Does he miss you? <laughs> the look yeah. on his face says no, no, but he did nod his head. Um, okay, cool. So... Oh, oh, for listeners, Joe, uh, we regaled them with your tales of bravery and uh, filled them in about you getting smashed in the face. Could you give us a rundown of what happened? Yeah, so uh, Friday night, um, I go for like a, a mini kind of jokey awards evening for our, the end of our season for our final boys football team. Um, and afterwards, we go out to some bar, I think called Loop, a club bar type place. So he like Superman punched you. Oh my god, that's incredible. Yeah, luckily he didn't go and make great contact. There was like a lot of blood, but it didn't hurt too much. There was blood? What, your nose or your eye? My nose, because if you get any kind of nose injuries, your. It bleeds um, into your eye surround area. Are you sure you didn't do anything? Uh, I literally did not say a word to this man. Because we have the French guy here in the studio. Oh, with his... mon ami! <laughs> this dirty lad! You dirty bastard. <laughs> hey, fuck you. <laughs> what did the police say? Um, so, yeah, the police came and they, and they chatted and they took out my details. Did they you know, get back in contact within 48 hours? And then emailed me the next morning saying the case had been closed. <laughs> Strong. <laughs> but, which, yeah. Um, which, you know, is understandable. You know, they've got 
you know, lots of to do and someone whose nose isn't quite broken. I'd imagine isn't that high priority this. But, but he was French, Jay. Talking about discrimination. If you're going to get smashed in the nose anywhere, you'd think Oxford Street would have some decent CCTV. Yeah, that's what I was... Britain is like the most CCTV state. How the fuck have they not got anything to, like... And he's probably like a diplomat's, diplomat's kid, and they looked at the CCTV and were like, we can't allow this to go any further. <laughs> they were like, yeah, we found him, and went to their boss, and he was like, yeah, okay, we found him. And then they like went to get a warrant for his arrest, and they were like, no. What did he look like, Joe? Don't say French, that's discrimination. Yeah, he was, he was bright ginger, no, but, um, he was just, you know, he was French. That's a bit uh, prejudice of you. Not all French people are assault people. <laughs> he was wearing uh, some garlic and some onions around. Oh my gosh. Right, we're, cut, we're gonna end the call now. <laughs> <All right. laughs> but seriously, um, do this film review. Because we thought it might have been that you were talking about this Belgian art house film and it just rubbed his back up the wrong way. Yeah. No, no, didn't, didn't say a word to him. I quite enjoyed the film. I'm all regaling you with my tales now. Okay, what's it called? Brand New Testament, yeah? That's oh, bit on your... Rubbing, rubbing our face, Joe, why don't you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know, like, you want a career or something, Jesus. Yeah, God. What a disgrace. TV screens. Yeah. Yeah. In a room kind of like that, he's got loads of files around on the computer. Um, and, you know, he makes, the, how, he, how he gets on with the, these all these little um, rules about annoying people, which is, I, I think, quite you know, a nice little thing about the film where, you know, you go across the computer, like, the perfect amount of sleep is 10 minutes more, or, you know, every time, you know, you just take yourself on the bath, the phone will go. Um, so, you know, his daughter, Aya, Sounds good. Yeah, 
why why is God um why is God just a dick? Um, because he is it like based on any other sort of theology, or is it just like for the sake of the film, he's just a dick in the first place, just to make the rest of it? Yeah. So then, you know, he may be a nod if he doesn't exist, or just incompetent. So I think it's, it's based loosely around that idea, from what I, I got from it. Okay. Um, so yeah, not kind of really theology. Um, but I, and I went into, I, because the trailer made it look slightly dark, and I was like, oh, I'm really going to enjoy this. Um, and it is the first film I've seen in the cinema with subtitles, and I'm not really kind of a big subtitles person. Mm. Um, but I, you know, you, you come together, you just slip straight into it and you forget that you're kind of reading and watching um, the entire time. So, you know, I, I would say if there's a film that you like to see or looks interesting and it is subtitled and you're kind of, you've got some um, trepidations about it, just go for it. I think, I think you, you will enjoy it. It's worth it. Yeah, I, I, I think subtitles are worth it. Um, I was directed by a guy called Jacob and DeMille. Don't know anything else he's done. Um, but yeah, I, I I enjoyed it. If you can find it out somewhere, I know I saw it in um, the Crouchhead Picture House. Oh, nice. And a few other picture houses around London. Um, so I think it's still running. But yeah, I think it's a lesson in going going to see something basically blind. Yeah. Um, but taking a chance and enjoying it. And the, you know, a lot of the films I'm seeing kind of reboots or sequels of superhero films. So it's nice to see something that's kind of Probably original mm-hmm. as well. Intellectually stimulating, eh, Joe? Yeah, reasonably so. There's also kind of silly stuff as well. Yeah. Um, like the, some, uh, one of the women's, uh, Aya, who's kind of the 10 year old daughter, her uh, disciples, is this um, bald housewife, and uh, she has a relationship with a male prostitute. And then she also somehow gets into a relationship with a gorilla after. Bestiality. Um, Acid. And that, you're going to see that, but it's kind of implied, in a way. What, drugs? Um, yeah, the, that, that side of it. Um, That's silent. No, I, I enjoyed it. I, I Joe, are I you being watched? Blink once, but yes. the best they can so there's a yeah. question a pretty deep question there about predeterminism then yeah predeterminism and if you you know does it give you more freedom if you know uh, when you're going to die or does it you know some people may um, kind of lose it I think you know, I may have some people may have 30 days to live or so um, and there's and there's a little side bit the whole time where a guy becomes like a YouTube star like oh well if I'm really going to die in 60 years why don't I jump off the top of this building? Or why don't I jump out of this plane? Nice. Why, well, and he just survives over and over? Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, through, you know, some miracle, etc. That's awesome. All right, well, good chatting to you, and um, we'll make sure to uh, watch that next time we're down at the uh, 
The picture house. The picture house, yeah. Yeah, nice cinema. If you That's very relevant to our listeners. If the film is on there. Hashtag fuck off. Good to chat to you, Joe. Bye bye. Well, that was an education. Yeah. I'm kind of intrigued. I reckon there's more to this story. I'm not sure. I feel like there's a philosophical debate that I need to ring up this director and have. No, I was talking about the punching. Oh, the punching. Oh, right, yeah. Um, I think there's more to it. I reckon Joe was I want to know what Ben said to the guy. Yeah, that (laughs) seems to be the the missing link. He was just like, no, it wasn't me that said anything about your mum. It was that lanky blonde guy. Um, But yeah, good to get to the bottom of it. Um, Thanks, as ever, um, to to our... Outstanding constabulary um, for their, you know, prompt and uh, completely um, impotent response. So, uh, should we? Have we have a song? two songs. We have "Oi Oi Franco Phrase" and "Pretty Things with Death." <laughs> this Franco Phrase chappy is like one of these guys on the train. Listen, I can't wait. Love it. Double or quits, too brave to collect for English, please, my love. But leave the bangers to me, I'll have bacon and egg. Make my tea last till the papers are red. Spent all week working, making my bread. Payday today, so I'll start on a high. By the evening, it's making its way to the red. Don't feel like a million dollars. This is England, it's more like a million pounds. We stand out like we didn't fit in the ground. Knocked down, dug deep now, I'm winning the round of it. Brought up by a beautiful country. They taught us not to give a monkey. So that was Money with Hold Me Forever. 
unfortunately, that is a song on the album, but because of the constraints YouTube sometimes pose to uh, us downloaders, uh, they didn't have the song I wanted. But it's a good song, and it kind of leads me into my article. Someone sounds like they shout themselves, but... <laughs> okay, so I'm going to be discussing Money with their album, their sophomore album, Suicide Songs. So a little background first. I first came across Money in around 2013 with a song previously played entitled Hold Me Forever. The emotive sentiments and languishing languishing within the vocals synchronised with this whooshing, washed out tones, like kind of reverby, this rising and falling crescendo of music accompanied with these steel pans that give the music a real depth sonically that allows, in my mind, to these lyrics to kind of like pass through your mind and like kind of ease into your consciousness. It became this song, Hold Me Forever, as one of my like go-to songs. Everyone has them, kind of the songs that whatever mood, you're going to kind of just put them on. So in, if I was ever in doubt of this, uh, like what to play and stuff like that, this would pop up, hold me forever, and absorb me into this beautiful ocean of feeling and contentment. However, I'm afraid, apart from this, I'd never given them much of a go. This was until a couple of weeks ago, back on my daily commute, they arrived packaged and tied with red ribbon on from the kind people of Spotify on a recommended suggestion. So I gave it a whirl and was astounded. The energy and styles that had brought me time and time again back to hold me forever. All these elements were and in abundance within the album Suicide Songs. So a little about the band. They're from Manchester. They started out using their gigs as multimedia exhibitions, films and light behind them playing. With Suicide Song, their sophomore attempt uh, had been unproductive beforehand due to some unforeseen alcohol and mental health issues uh, as a problem with their lead singer, uh, Jamie Lee. Uh, and it got finally completed in 2016. So my thoughts. Firstly, I thoroughly enjoyed it. One reason, I think, was that it was so good to see a young British band encapsulate and draw together so many sounds and influences from the well-endowed treasury of British guitar bands. Uh, sorry, I just need to move pages. Furthermore, whilst also forging their own style and place in the Pantheon with their own brand of melodic guitar music. I know this similarity is going to seem predictable, but there is definitely a whiff of Stone Roses in there, with the, this woozy, ethereal feel to their music, accompanied by the mank musings on life, religion, and death, as well as surprisingly in, an, an instrument known as Indian Dilkat, Dilkakat, I don't know how to say it, apologies, and hushed, uh, hushed gospel singers. This particular present within Opener I Am The Lord, which if YouTube, again, had been more complicit, would definitely have been aired, with the lead singer considering the futility, or nay, a better word for it, shortness and vulnerability of human existence, the fact that we cannot live like gods as we are limited by our flesh and blood, kind of the fallibility and weakness of man, uh, which offered kind of a kind of insight into the weaknesses and maybe the issues that the songwriters faced, revealing a bit more of himself to the audience. And so this poignant kind of it definitely like struck somber code with me personally. Like lyrics are going like, "I don't want to be a god, I just want to be human." Uh, so the lead singer I found, Jamie Lee, became, becomes a vehicle of emotion and artistic expression as he seems to be attempting to purge himself of his thoughts and qualms with a wide range of spiritual and moralistic ideals. Uh, he seems to be enduring a crisis of identity, what am I, who am I? They reminded me in particular of the 60s psychedelic of the Pretty Things, as well as fellow Manx the Smiths and their form of romantic miserabilism, it's truly surfacing in songs such as I'm Not Here, Night Came and Hopeless World. Although I think this is a frequently touched subject, Money's attempts to purvey an insight into a 20-something who is looking out into the world, unsure of his or her place within it, doesn't come across as crass or corny, imparting life advice or tutting fingers, 
but rather striking at the very core of this introverted vulnerability that a lot of us, including myself, go through. This is aided, by, in my opinion, by the introduction to their musical palettes of, of, of instruments such as strings and brass that give the songs an increased pluck to your heartstrings. Yet I'll not acclaim it as a depressing album, or mouldering in self-pity as many of us are somewhat guilty of. The centerpiece suicide song has a merry quality to it, surprisingly, and there's certainly a charming nature to it that is almost celebratory of the despondency this identity crisis delves into. The closer Cocaine Christmas and An Alcoholic's New, York, a New Year is a, like a glorious drunken stupor, that slow and mournful tone the Pogues would have been proud of. Where although life may not be rosy and full of uncertainty, you needn't worry, as Suicide Song tries to highlight and console you with the fact that, hey, it could be worse, as seen as this humorous and playful lyric. I've wasted all my time on cocaine at Christmas and bottles of wine, and I'm as happy as a child, because you don't have to ask me why. So 20-somethings, I believe this is an album for you. Just out of uni in the wide world of jobs, realisation of bills, houses, responsibility like a vulture circling in the midday heat as you try and suck down the meagre droplets of saliva. And it particularly like struck a chord with me because I was walking home one day and it was raining and I was listening to the song I previously mentioned, I Am The Lord, and the chorus was about to explode into my ears and I looked up and saw a heron flying overhead and a great moment of clarity enhanced belief in what I was doing and where I was going which is elevated by the message, I believe, and the music of suicide songs. These moments where music fits perfectly with real-life permutations are rare, and so I shall not forget this, so hopefully this album will help to realise something inside of you, for it certainly did leave me enriched. So yeah, I quite enjoyed that. Sounds like it. Yeah, it was good. It's a bit... No, I enjoyed it. I wish I'd be able to deliver that a bit better, but I just kind of wrote it, kind of just like... Mongoloid, but uh, well, it was quite good. <laughs> the album's good. I'd recommend it. Yeah, I'd give it probably about three or four out of five. Yeah, good. Okay, I'll have to listen to that. And now we have. I don't know what. Yeah, what have we even got? We've next? got "I'm Not Here" by Money, which is a song about that off their album. So enjoy that. hard to know uh, otherwise known as personal by White, De- White Denim and previously it was I'm Not Here with by Money mm. uh, White Denim I've put it to save on my uh, Spotify they're a good band yeah I've just kind of been listening to it um, there's another one that we've uh, got I don't know we've had it already no coming up after this um, the Young Fathers one that's a tune I really like uh, Young Fathers as well yeah. definitely check them out 
But um, yeah, Book Corner. Thanks for the uh, the album review there, James. Not quite as um, Rolling as Stone as last week. No, but, um, sadly not. Interesting, nevertheless. Um, as I said before uh, this week, just have like a brief chat about um, the book that I've been. Yeah. I've just completed um, as normally we do. Um, that book is Robinson Crusoe by Daniel Defoe, um, largely heralded as, I guess, England's first kind of proper novel. Now, obviously, there have been like books before that, mm. um, but like it's really called a novel in that way because um, it kind of had a re- sort of read between the lines type um, angle to it, where yeah. uh, you know Defoe's really calling out um, you know parts of the human psyche and whatever and making the reader evaluate their own condition and, and the life that they lead. Now Defoe himself, pretty interesting guy, um, lived at um, sort of the time of um, Cromwell um, and our Republic here in uh, England and the UK, I guess listeners are probably aware of that. But um, anyway, we used to be a Republic for a very short period of time um, when um, he was alive and then kept killing kings and queens yeah but then uh, the king came back yeah um, huzzah so um, yeah basically Defoe was like a, a royalist so he's a supporter of the king um, and when uh, Richard the third no that's not even right well, whoever it is some, whichever one it was some, Charles yeah. the something or other came home um, he was basically given quite... Because he'd sort of been a bit of a layabout um, for a lot of his life and not really done an awful lot, just kind of been a bit stuck up and whatever. Mm. Um, but um, he was kind of brought back uh, into the sort of circle of, you know, uh, interesting people yeah. um, and started uh, writing a bunch of stuff. He um, wrote some kind of essays and things like this and um, later on was uh, kind of commissioned. Sort of um, interesting character because... After um, that king died, uh, Queen Anne came in and um, history buffs out there will know that um, she was pretty uh, harsh on religious nonconformists, of which Defoe was one, along with um, Paul Bunyan of Pilgrim's Progress fame. Um, And he was basically locked up um, and had was sentenced to, um, I don't know what they call it, but being put in the pillory and having stuff thrown at him and whatnot and then was put in prison the stocks the stocks yeah and um had a bit of a rough time of it as far as that concerned um but he actually um after that became almost like a a spy um for the tory party at the time um whom he had been basically bad mouthing for years um and um kind of based on that um he was allowed some degree of freedom lived in stoke newton just like the road and um, at that time, there weren't really many people writing things, and I guess it kind of fell to him to be the sort of author of the time. Yeah. Um, but his first proper thing that he did was basically write a book. There was a full-blown hurricane that killed like 18,000 people or something ridiculous um, that swept the whole of the south of England. He wrote a big thing about this, kind of got famous in terms of like the population by writing these accounts of these storms, and then went on to write Crusoe. Um, now, as, as a book itself, I really liked it. I think I'd probably fall into um, the category of people who would really like it because it's just like an escapist mm. uh, novel. You know, the guy is furnished with all of the skills throughout the beginning of the book that he needs to survive on a desert island, and then, true to form, is 
stranded on a desert island, survives for 30 years, um, fights his way off, comes home as a millionaire. Um, so it's a dream. Kind it's, of like, it's a pretty good yeah. yarn. But um, as far as the writing's concerned, I thought it was going to be really hard to follow because this is a book that's written in you know the 17th century. It's not going to necessarily be the easiest thing to to read. But I think this is something that Defoe did really well and separated himself from earlier writers is that he wrote in a kind of speech way. So if you were talking to Robinson Crusoe in the pub about his adventure, this is how he would say it. Okay. One issue with that is that when you talk to somebody about their adventure in the pub, there's no qualms about spoilers. Yeah. Right? So he'll say something along the lines of, uh, I, I don't know, for example, somebody dies, right? But I'll come back to that later, right? Yes, okay, so you've like ruined the suspense of somebody potentially dying or whatever, or, or you know, the impact of when that finally happens has been, um, you know, nullified yeah. to a certain degree. But, um, oh, and at the beginning of each chapter, there's basically a synopsis in like three lines of what happens in the chapter. <laughs> so you could just read the very beginning. It'll be like, stranded, bro- uh, stranded on an island, built a shelter, spent all night awake scared of monsters like (laughs) that's the chapter like you could read the whole book in five minutes reading through these things but i would recommend sticking with it um especially if you're uh, somebody that's contemplated religion in any meaningful way um because whilst he um as a character is clearly constrained by his times you know he thinks that you know the people living in south america are like savages who you know um still are who haven't, uh, you know, been touched by God or whatever, you know, Christian God, because, you know, they might not have been worthy or some such. It's the self-reflection aspect of it is really interesting. And the idea of providence and that, okay, he's stranded on a desert island, but he basically doesn't want anything that he can't provide for himself. And if he does, it's not anything that he needs. It's except human company. And, it's this idea that the solitary nature of his life and his existence there is, on the one hand, the one thing that makes it abhorrent to him, but at the same time is the one thing that allows him to reach this kind of higher level of um, religious understanding and understanding of himself because it gives him a chance to reflect. He's not just caught up in the kind of you know day-to-day um, chat and whatever. He actually is thinking about the only words that he ever hears are the ones that he's taught his parrot or the ones that he's reading out loud from scripture. So, mm. But yeah, I'd absolutely recommend it to practically anyone. It's really accessible. I was scared that it wasn't going to be, but it's actually it's... knock yourself out, go for it. If you like an adventure story, it's one of the better ones I've read and there's some really good and interesting bits in it about God. <laughs> so yeah. Sounds good. Smash it. We need to discuss Wilbur Smith at some point. Yeah. That's what we should do soon. Yeah, yeah. But uh, no time now. End of the show. Okay, goodbye. (laughs) We'll have one more uh, before we go. Um, It's No Way by uh, Young Fathers. And then... Kurt Vile. Yeah, Kurt Vile. And then we're out of here. Yeah, we're out. So, bye. Enjoy. Stay with Shoreditch. Check us out on uh, Facebook, obviously. Um, Listen again in two weeks' time and get on the mix club. Yeah. Be safe.
to Shoreditch Radio. Shoreditchradio.co.uk. 